This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here in Jerusalem. Also, welcome to Aish Live. And uh, yeah, so we've been uh, I, I'm just doing different things each day of the coronavirus. Experiencing this experience has been, whoa, crazy. Um, but uh, a lot of good family time. And uh, hey, Joe, what's up? A lot of good family time. And uh, also gotten a chance to, um, we've gotten a chance to do uh, some sports. My, my son and I today were out in the desert. And we did the, the lunar landscaped trail called, uh, called uh, um, it's called the, no, um, sugar trail. Yeah, we did the sugar trail today, which is really amazing. I, I posted my son ripping down it on Facebook if you want to check it out. Uh, it's really quite special. And uh, and maybe if anyone else wants to join the Zoom meeting, I'll put the code on Facebook right now if you want to see and be seen. And I do hang out a little bit afterwards with the group. So the code is, uh, uh, can someone, can someone ruffle you in here? Can you, can you read me this number, Surly? Come here for a second. You can be in the camera. Okay. 843. 843. Yeah. 940. 940. 930. 330. 680. 680. Okay. Thank you. Do you uh, need any other things? For Zoom. No, I'm, thank, I'm fine. Thank you, Surly. You're very sweet. Okay, gang. Um, Lenny, nice to have you aboard on this uh, and uh, yeah, let's let's do this. Uh, let me find the screen we're gonna have. Okay, uh, so it's just Lenny and I. Lenny, keep your keep your beautiful face on the screen because this is going out to H Live, and uh, it's good to have you on there. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're going to do a little more of the, the holy prayers. You know, you know when you're praying and um, in, in Judaism, it's supposed to touch you. It's supposed to make a difference. And so part of the coronavirus is that, is, uh, is that we're, we're in a situation where we have to pray alone, a lot of us. And, and that gives you a chance to kind of rethink your, the way you're doing things. So like the Mishnah Brewer says, less is more. Um, you know, the, the Chofetz Chaim makes it very clear that, that you should be saying as little as possible to, for the most effect. And when you have the most effect out of the, the littlest amount of prayer, then you can build it up and make sure that's deeply affected. Make sure that's touching you in a way that's, uh, you know, powerful. But it's all supposed to be powerful. Our Judaism is supposed to be powerful. You know, Abraham didn't come and like rock the world to have something boring happen you know it's supposed to be amazing it's supposed to be intense supposed to be special and uh it could be that could be that some of the communal prayers have not been that and uh and so now you're on your own and and you can make it that so i'd like to give everyone a little uh food for thought in uh in how to do that so so uh 
maybe what we'll do today is um, we'll go into uh, we'll go into I think what we'll do is is something very special and it, it has to do with mindfulness and it's all about uh, today we'll do a class a little bit about the the paragraph how you doing David nice to see you let me see if I can hear your voice can you say hello Great job. You're in a good mood today, I see. No, I'm not in a good mood. I'm putting on a good face. Okay, good. That's good. I didn't know. You sound like you're in a good mood to me, too. (laughs) Anyway. If you only knew, Rabbi, if you only knew. Yeah. Yaeli, are you down there at the park again in uh, Gansaka? The air is heavenly. Yeah. Like Oh yeah, we've got we had a huge sandstorm, and then all of a sudden, everything just washed clean with a good rain, and now it's like, it's almost like God sanded the the universe clean, like He took out His His heavy grit, heavy grit uh, sandpaper, and uh, turned the world gorgeous. Israel's just so beautiful, and please God, the loosening of all the um, the loosening of all the 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 quarantine should be uh for a blessing because it's a it's a big risk and um and hopefully it's gonna pay off please god that's my bracha okay so we're gonna do some uh really kind of trippy stuff (laughs) and uh we'll just do it for a little while and uh and yeah let's let's get started let me just set my timer here unless one of you guys got the time um but uh i think we have about 20 minutes for this. Lenny, can you give me a thumbs up for 20 or just give me the peace sign for okay. two? Okay. So, so the w- words like this, um, it's, this is the last paragraph of Shema and people, you probably said this, like maybe you said it, you know, if you say it regularly, you're saying it always, you know, a couple times a day. And anyway, it goes like this, and God said to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and they're supposed to put tzitzis, tzitzis on the, on the corners of their clothing. Now, most people's clothing doesn't have corners. I'm not wearing any cornered clothing, except for I wear a garment specifically, this one that has corners, that is my tzitzis. And so, and, but in the old days, people used to wear ponchos. Yeah, they were all, they were like Mexicans. And then ponchos, which had four corners. And Jews, you better be careful. You're wearing a poncho. You better put some sitsis on that poncho of yours. So, so Jews used to wear ponchos, and you know they were robe-like things. And and now you could have a you could have a poncho with a hole in it. That's like a sitsis, or you could have just a four-cornered garment, like a big talus. But once you got that as a garment, it and your male. It requires the sitsis on the four corners. Why women don't need it is because it's a time-bound positive commandment, and women are never obligated time-bound positive commandments. They can do it, but they're not obligated. Men, on the other hand, we're not allowed to go. You can't. A man can't just throw on a poncho and think he's all set. So it's kind of interesting because some people have rain ponchos. You know what I'm talking about? People wear these kind of nylon rain ponchos. I mean, it could be they're off the hook there because that's like it's like you're wearing plastic. You're not wearing a garment. So it could be you're off the hook for, for that. And, and those, those modern Orthodox kids who go in these uh, sports sits, you know what I'm saying? They're like these synthetic, 
kind of little uh, button button up vest things for sports and stuff. So that's that's um, that's a question. Uh, there's I think there's different opinions on whether you can have a synthetic sitsis uh, garment. Anyway, so we have to put these sitsis on the four corners throughout our generations. Lodorosum. And you have to put on it a blue thread, a kanaf, yeah, a little corner of a blue thread. Now, this blue thread isn't just any blue thread, it's royal blue thread, like corona, crown, like, like the thread of the crown of royalty. And, uh, and the, the, I think I still, I have a, like a bug in my eye from the, riding in the desert today. The, the royal blue thread that it has to do with um, with Jacob being up and Asa being down because we're always one of us is up and the other's down, and so while the Jews lived in Israel for those thousand years plus, we all wore that blue thread. But once the Romans took us, one of our sages said, "No one dared wear that blue thread, the royal royalty blue thread. No one dared wear that thread." during the Roman rule, because then Asaph was up and Jacob was down, and we had no business wearing that blue thread. Well, amazingly, now the Jewish people have discovered the blue thread, we've got it back. And so we're back. And we're back in Israel and all these miracles and like like the, the biblical land has returned and, and here's the blue thread, like we got it back. And so really we should be wearing it. We know we got the right stuff. There was a doubt earlier because... People tried other ways of getting that blue thread happening, but they finally found the actual excavations of the Murex snail. It's a certain snail called a chilazon. That's, and they actually found factories that made the royal blue dye for the tzitzis, which is steadfast with wool. And that's one of the sages' signs that how you know it's it is because it's steadfast. And in fact, once uh, when I learned about it being having to be steadfast with the wool, what does it mean steadfast? That it binds molecularly with wool, which is like kind of weird because one's a fish and one's a sheep. You know, they shouldn't be. You know, a chilazon is a, a water snail in the Met, in the northern Mediterranean, northern Israel, Mediterranean, Lebanon area, which is all biblical Israel. All of Lebanon is biblical Israel, all the way up to the top. And uh, and so, how is it that it's steadfast? A fish. That perfect, but it really does bond, and I, and I got it proven to me. You know why? Is because when someone was telling me about it, he pulled over a guy who was wearing it, and he showed me. Uh, and next to him was another guy who just got a brand new pair, and the other guy had been wearing his for three years. He says he washes this pair three times a week. Now do the math: three times a week over three years. That's a lot of washes this has been through. And guess what? They took both blue threads, didn't show me either pair of tzitzis, and they asked me to identify which one was the new pair and which one was the wash three times a week for three years old pair. And guess what? They were indistinguishable. Indistinguishable. Because when that dye binds molecularly with the wool, when the, when the blue dye of that snail binds with the wool, it's indistinguishable and it never, and it's steadfast, it never fades, which is just amazing that it comes through like that. Another thing that's cool about it, here's another freaky thing, is that the sages give us a couple other signs. Another sign they give us about the blue thread is that it's, it's indistinguishable from indigo. 
Now, indigo is from a plant. And chilazon, the kosher blue, is from a snail. So, you know, what are they saying? The color is indistinguishable? Like, the color, I mean, the... Okay, maybe they're both the same blue. Just letting were the sages letting us know that that like when you do when you dye it, make sure it dyes to the depth of indigo. Maybe that's what they meant. But they tell us one of the signs that you know you have tchelus is it's indistinguishable from indigo. Well, guess what? You want to hear another freaky thing? That molecularly, literally, the molecules of indigo, a plant. And the molecules of the dye that comes out of the chilazone snail are the same exact molecular build. That's like, plants and animals generally are not going to match up on a molecular level. But our sages said, who didn't, you know, in our sages' times, who knew about molecules? When they say indistinguishable, they meant indistinguishable. Like literally on the molecule level. So the fact that we've now discovered this, when did we discover it? Right at the time when the Jews come back into the land. And now we're like, I mean, think who the Jews are now. Even without Beit HaMikdash and without Mashiach yet, the Jews are something to reckon with, man. We got the, we got the Syrians and the Lebanons, the Lebanese and the Jordanians. Everyone's, the Egyptians, everyone's wobbling in their boots around us. Like, like the, the wandering Jew has become the, the, the royal Jew. And, and, and our contribution to the planet has been so massive. And today's actually the Remembrance Day for fallen soldiers of Israel. And, they, uh, and uh, may, they, may their memory be for a blessing. And they should never have had to, had to die um, to, because the world should have, the, the nations of the world should have escorted us to back, back to Israel. The fact that it came through war is a is a is just a more anti-Semitism. And if you want to say, oh well, you know, we understand them, you know, like because it's like the Middle East, and you know, there were people living here. Yeah, nobody was living here. Okay, there were a bunch of nomadic people, and the best thing that could have ever happened to them was a bunch of Jews coming in and like making this place great. And that's exactly what happened. And there's many Arabs. If you watch the good news of Israel, you'll see many Arabs are highly appreciative. And in fact. Uh, the 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 highest number of Arabs somewhere in the I think the late seventy percentile seventy eight percent of Arabs Israeli Arabs today feel totally identified with the state of Israel today, and that's that's the ones living in you know in the regular Israeli you know they carry Israeli pass uh, passports and stuff like that. Um, Anyway, the uh, but the sad thing for me for the fallen soldiers is is the uh, not knowing what they're dying for, because the um, uh, many of them were on a nationalistic quest. You know, it's like you live in a nation. You know, you get Russians also to give their lives for Russia, and Ukrainians give their lives for the Ukraine, and the Spanish gave their lives for Spain, and people give their lives for countries. That's normal. But uh, I, I, uh, one, one year, on, or more than one year, I used to do this. On the, actually, tomorrow's class at Essentials, which I'm not doing now, but I, I always have a couple soldiers in the class, and I used to ask them, uh, I used to ask them, 
uh, why fight for Israel? Like in the army, why fight in the army? And so, they, so every year, they, and last year less so, but there was a year once where we had 20 reasons why that I wrote each one in one word on the board of why fight for the land of Israel. And guess what happened at the end? And there were several soldiers in the room who had their own reasons why they're fighting for Israel. At the end of the at the end of their list, when they finished their list, I wrote at the top of the board. I wrote Mother Russia, and they're all like, "Huh?" And I said, "Yeah, tell me, tell me if any of those reasons are distinct about Israel, or are they what anyone would defend their country for?" And it turned out that the entire list was just a big list of why anyone like an American would defend America if he fought in the American army. You understand? And then what did we do? We spent the whole rest of the class talking about what's worth fighting for, for the Jewish people. And so nationalism is not one of our big fights. And in fact, um, in fact, the, the Jewish people are, we're the only nation in the world, not from where we're from. We're not from Israel. You know, you meet a Spaniards from Spain, a, a Brits from England, a Mexicans from East L.A. Yeah, no matter where you, wherever someone's, you know, you meet an African, he's from Africa. But when you meet a Jew, where is he from? He's from Egypt. Our nation was, was built in Egypt. And, and that's a very destabilizing, but importantly destabilizing fact. So that we never become so nationalistic we never become so nationalistic that we that we actually um, we never become so nationalistic that we wind up forgetting who we are. The flag we fly is actually the yud and the hay and the vav and the hay, the, the the name of God. And this land, the Torah is very clear. Like, yeah, okay, I, I gave it to you. Do a good job. Don't go do a good job. You're out of here. And we're like, what? What good is your land without us? And God's like, God's like, you know, that's part of being a Torah Jew is understanding that the land has nothing to do with you. This is the holy land. It's holy with you. It's holy without you. Keep my, keep my. Is this necessary right now? Keep my sabbatical years, meaning rest the land every seventh year for the whole year. And if not, you're out of here because my land will rest if you're gone. You understand? Yeah, Lenny, you get that? Like, if we're not here, the land will rest. And so, and so, if from a nationalistic Israeli perspective, it's like, what good is that? You know, the land needs us. And God's like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. This is God's land. And, and you can... You can raise it up to the highest level if you are living appropriately in the land. Anyway, but there's a lot what's worth dying for here. And so let's remember the fallen soldiers and whether or not they knew what they were dying for other than nationalistic purposes is, is not relevant at this point. But, but we, ha we bless every Israeli soldier now to be fully educated as a Jew. So he's not fighting a war like any other nation, but he's fighting a war for, for the goodness of this planet. If it wasn't for the Jewish people, this earth would fall right through space from the weight of its problems. And the Jewish people, we don't create more population, we create more solutions. Because every Israeli Jew 
is a contribution and a solution to the world's problems. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to teach the world that there's right and wrong. We're here to teach the world that there's meaning in the world. It's not meaningless, not random, you know, a bunch of millennial, you know, garbage. But it's, but it's actually, yeah, it's, as, as my daughter's whispering behind me, it's not hakuna matata, you know. What a wonderful phrase. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Yeah, it's not that. It's that there's a circle of life and there's meaning and power in, in the relationship with God. Okay, enough preaching. Let's get back to our, uh, our cosmic uh, prayer here. So, so anyway, we're told, that we, we're told that we need to have the purple thread on the corners of our garment. And how am I doing time-wise there, Lenny? Nice, nice. So make sure you guys aren't talking or whispering behind me. My kids are in the room. I have no idea why. Um, but, um, but everyone, please forgive me if you hear any mumbling. Vahaya lachem letzitzis, and they will be for you tzitzis, uruisam oisai, and you shall see him. Who's him? So the truth is that him, at this point, is it. And what's it? The tzitzis. You should see them. But it also means, Urisam Oisoi, means you shall see him. And who's him? Who do you think him is? Him is God. You look at your sitsis and you see God. What's that supposed to mean? How can you look at your sitsis and see God? Where's God in your sitsis? But it really means him, literally, but it also means him upstairs, and it means sitsis, because in Hebrew, all words, all nouns are gender-specific, so sitsis apparently are... Um, masculine. Or is the psiltcheles masculine? Moishi? Moish? Is tzitzis, Moishi Is tzitzis is tzitzis mask is urisa moishoi and you will see it. Yeah. Is it the tzitzis? That's masculine? What do you mean masculine? Why masculine? Lashen Sitsis are tzitziot, right? Sitsis is feminine, I think. And psiltcheles is masculine? I guess yeah? so. And also it's, it's uh, yachid and not rabim. If it would be osam, that would be all the tzitzis. Uh, so it's only the it's just the tzitzis. So you shall see the tzitzis and you will see God. Okay, now... Um, what do our sages, right? What do our sages say about the sitzis? It's blue. What kind of blue? The blue, which is to remind you of the sea, which reminds you of the sky, which reminds you of the throne of glory, which is, which is um, now obviously, if you're seeing the throne of glory, that means you're like, you're like tripping really hard on serious kabbalistic meditations, and you're you're seeing a thing that's crawling with, with what are called. Um, uh, Surafim, Vechayas, Vofanim, and that when you see it, I, don't know, I doubt any of us are ever going to see it, but when you see it, it takes on the likeness of sapphire blue, sapphire blue. And so when you see the sea, you see the, the blue, which reflects the, the sky, which is blue, which is to put in your mind the blue of this crawling throne 
that is up in the world of Berea, which is uh, made of the Serafim and the Chayas and the Ophani. And you will see it, Uzchartem, and you will remember, is Kol Mitzvot Hashem. And then when you see it, and you're like, wow, God. So then you'll be like, hey, like I, gotta, I got mitzvahs to do. Like I got I to gotta do these mitzvahs. You'll remember and you will do all the mitzvahs. You'll do them. And here's the, here's the kicker. You ready for this? David, you ready for this? Velo sasuru. Velo taturu. If you're Sephardic. Velo sasuru. You will not. You will not stray. Tatur means to stray after your eyes. Okay? Velo tatur. You will not stray. After your heart, meaning your desires. And after your eyes. Which is very interesting because first the eye sees something and the heart wants it. Right? The eye sees. Levchamda. The lev wants, it wants its chomed, it desires it, okay? And then the body goes to get it, or no, then the mind. It goes, I sees, heart wants, and then the mind starts, starts doing its, uh, starts doing its, uh, its strategizing to get it. Yeah, go ahead, David. I was going to say, if you don't trust, you're not supposed to trust your eyes, you're not supposed to trust your heart, instinctively, it just leaves the rational mind. Right. And the, and the rational mind, it, but here specifically, we have to make further distinctions here because, because it's very important to trust your heart. <laughs> very important to trust your heart. And your eyes, you have no... Don't be straight by your heart. Yeah, yeah. Be... Yeah. Okay. Here, what it's saying is that, is that, you know, I meet a lot of people... You know, especially when I'm traveling, who are like, yo, Rabbi, you know, I really want to be like holy, but I like, there's these things I just like to do and they're forbidden, you know. And and so that's called straying after the heart. Because, hey, I really want to do this. It's it's my desire. And that's, desire is in the heart. So, um, anyway, but but someone who has a clear vision of God doesn't want that stuff. You know, when you're in full satisfaction, we're there, Lenny. When you're in full satisfaction of life, you're not, you, you don't want nothing. You know, you just don't want nothing. Yeah, like with the wanting requires a lack, but no lack, no wanting. And now most things, the, most of the time we do have a lack and we're out to, we're out to get it. Yeah. So, and, and that's good because, you know, we, we all need to, have we got to have a lack to want to get married and we have to have a lack to want to have kids and we got to have a lack to to make money to feed them like and that so lacking is what gets you out of bed in the morning so there's nothing wrong with lack but and and therefore the desire that it brings but 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 it, we have a direct lesson that the more you're in touch with Hashem the less the wanting so we just got through saying that you'll see it and you'll remember, and you'll want to do those mitzvahs, and and velosasur, and you will not stray after your heart, and after your eyes. It's really interesting that it's in that order, by the way, and I don't have an answer for that right now. Shimon, you know why it's in that order? Because really, it should be the eyes and the heart. But why is this the heart and the eyes? 
a good question. I was disconnected for a second. What's the question? Why does it say, if the eye sees and the heart wants, why does it start with the heart and then the eyes? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know exactly what the answer is for that. Um, I think I might have an answer. Anyway, what we're going to do is we are going to, uh, we, we hit the, yeah. Who's that? Oh yeah, please tell me. Yaakov, green man. Hey, wow, Yaakov. Maybe it's uh, because your eye follows what your heart wants. Can you turn on your camera for this, Yaakov? Yeah. Yeah, what were you saying? Because why? Did you hear? Maybe your heart follows, your eyes follow what your heart wants. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you may, it may be, by the way, because you'll, you'll notice sometimes. Have you ever noticed that you'll be walking down the street? Now, I know you're a faithful, loving husband, Yaakov, but... but uh, I'm not married. You're not married, Yaakov? Is that your brother? brother? Oh, your brother, sorry. Sorry, I know, I, I don't know why I thought you were the, married, but... It happens a lot, don't worry. Anyway, Yaakov, have you ever noticed, gentlemen... That, that you could be walking down a crowded street and it could, two blocks away on a balcony is a lady. Yeah, who's, who's maybe not dressed appropriately or maybe she is or I don't know what. But have you ever noticed that you, you'll see her two blocks away? Like there's, there's 300 people on a crowded thoroughfare. Yeah. And you'll see her. Right. That's the heart desires and then the eye sees. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little bit crass example, but but the uh, maybe that's where you're getting at. Thanks for sharing that, by the way. Um, Rabbi, Rabbi, yeah. may, may I add something? Sure. I'll just say the heart has has steady desire, and then it gets triggered by something you see. Stimulate the eye is the stimulation for what the heart harbors. Right. The heart, the, I think the heart always has this desire, you know, I think the heart always desires this. And then, and, and then it's a visual trigger. Yeah. I think that's the way, I think that's the way it goes. And, um, but anyway, where, where this is going to take us is mind boggling, but we're going to leave it for the next class. So, uh, everybody for joining us. And we're going to start again, uh, with the next class real soon here. Thanks for joining us in H Live and Facebook Live and click all the appropriate buttons, subscribe, subscribe on Facebook and uh, share and all the other things. Join uh, Yom Tov Media Club also um, by just going on my website, RabbiYomTov.com. Okay, blessings everyone. Keep up the good work. Um, by the way, by the way, everyone, um, we're going to start, we're st- I'm not, that, I was kidding, we're, start, we're staying on. I'm going to continue the class. It's uh, just a few more minutes, but we're we're going to continue this class. And uh, here we go. Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here on H Live and also on uh, Facebook Live and uh, and Tor Anytime also. And uh, thanks to everyone who, who runs all these platforms to make a big difference for the world around us. So we're continuing on with Sitsis. And what we just said, that is, that is, if you see that, 
if you, you know, we're wearing these gar these garments and we're wearing the four cornered garments and we got these fringes, these sitsis on the end. And if we, if we were to see them, so then, and specifically the blue thread, which reminds us of the sea, which reminds us of the sky, which reminds us of the throne of glory, which is, you know, made of all these, you know, magical, uh, angelic forms called seraphim that are that are in a world called berea and don't even ask about that but that's highly kabbalistic you know fragilistic stuff the the um so what we said was you won't stray after your heart and after your eyes now here's the kicker you ready for the kicker asher atem zonim acharehem that you are straying after now that's presumptuous who says i was straying after anything so it's telling us don't stray after the thing that you are straying after you know and that's that's a little weird you understand what i'm saying like where how often you get such a thing in the torah where where you're being told not to do something and at the same time accused of doing it you know when the torah tells you not to eat shellfish you know, or the Torah tells you not to eat pig. It doesn't say which you're, you know, which, and by the way, let me hand you a toothpick to pick some of it out of your teeth because you're eating it. You know, it's never saying that. Torah always tells us what to do, what not to do. And, uh, hey, David, and it's not, um, it's not, here the Torah is saying, don't do this stuff that you're doing. Meaning don't stray after your heart and stray after your eyes that you're straying after. So what's going on here? So I'd like to share with you something very powerful. And the truth is, I'm not going to give you the answer in the end. You know who's going to give you the answer? Who's going to give you the answer is the actual continuation of the, of the portion, of the, this part of the Torah. So it says, That you're already doing. And what does that mean? So it gives, now, oh, so let me, I'll explain it, and then later you'll see it inside. So let me just explain it to you. It's like this. Uh, the, the monkey brain that is your brain, no offense, but your monkey brain, which is constantly, constantly thinking with a barrage of thoughts to the level of like 60,000 thoughts, 60,000 thoughts a, a, uh, a day. So like your 17 waking hours, you'll have 60,000 thoughts in your monkey brain. And that's, and, and that's like, if you're up 17 hours, that's like 17,000, sorry, th like 3,000 thoughts an hour. And it's just doing its thing. You've, you've been hijacked. Your actual being, the presence, the soul has been hijacked by these thoughts. And so you, instead of you thinking the thoughts, the thoughts are like thinking you. And when you finally realize, hey, that's just my brain on thoughts, but I'm me. I have an awareness of the thinking. I am that awareness of the thinking. Who I am in the being is the awareness of the thinking. Who I am in my being is the awareness of my thinking. And so everyone give a snap. Let's see some hands. Give a snap. Come on, give it that snap. Yeah, good. Give the snap. David, give the snap. Okay. Everyone give a snap on three, two hands. Snap on four. One, two, three. Give a snap. And stop and be aware for a moment that there's you and then there's thinking. 
You're not your thinking. Your thoughts report to you. You have an awareness of the thinking. And so your thoughts are not you. Now let's bring it back into the words. So you do not stray. Meaning, keep an eye on these sitsis. Especially the blue thread. Keep an eye on God. So that you don't wind up straying after all these thoughts, especially the desires, that your monkey brain keeps hijacking your true being all the time that you're already doing. Why are you already doing it? Because you, you've been hijacked by your thinking. And your thinking is constantly, constantly, it's a barrage of thinking. And it never goes away. It just keeps going and going and going. Hello? Now, here we go. Let's go in and now we'll just finish it up. Colon. Don't stray after the thoughts, your heart and your th- eyes, after which you, you are, you know, straying after. By the way, the word zonim, that you are straying after, the word zone also, like zoning out, but the word zone has to do with uh, uh, sexual licentiousness. So it's specifically, sitsis are specifically set up to keep you also, not only with your head on straight, but also keeping your head out of, out of uh, you know, the lower base. In, lower, what you lust for. Yeah, lust. It's about lust here. And the, the word for a harlot is a zona. Yeah? And a city full of zonas is called Arizona. Uh, Just kidding. So, um, anyway. Colon. Why? What do you get? What do you get if you can get your, your being away from the thinking? And you can actually just be the, the, the awareness of the thoughts. What do you get? So what you get is Laman Tizkaru so that you can remember. Remember what? What do you got to remember? To do all the mitzvahs. Yeah, remember there's a God. Like if you don't do that, you're going to forget. So in order you can remember, remember all the mitzvahs. Laman Tizkaru Vasisem as kol mitzvah so that you can do all my mitzvahs. Hey, Mordechai. Just saying hi to people on Facebook. Hi, Andrew Schiff. So, hi, Chava. So you can do all my mitzvahs. You ready for this? What's the whole point? V'yisem, v'yisem, v'yisem kedoshim, and you will be Kedoshim. Holy. To your God. Guess what? You want to be holy? Just get, a, a, get aware of the thoughts. Get aware of your thoughts. It's telling you that the path to holiness is to not be hijacked anymore by the barrage of thinking, but rather to be in that state of, of being pure being and when you're in that pure being you are now the witness of thoughts no longer just having the thoughts think you but you witness those thoughts being a thunk and you are holy now 
So what is the path of holiness? The path of holiness is the path of separating, separating the being from all the barrage of constant thinking. And how you get out of that is by, the, it says here, is by looking at the Tehillahs. Anyway, the last word, the very last line, just to complete this, is, Ani Hashem Elokeichem, I am the Lord your God. Asher Otseisiaschem Eretz Mitzrayim, who's taken you out of Egypt. Now that sounds like a non sequitur. Like, make up your mind. Are we going to talk about the desires of the heart? Meaning the stuff we get stuck in? Or are we going to talk about leaving Egypt? Like, I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt to be a God for you. I am the Lord your God. Like, like well, you're changing the subject on us. And so it's not changing the subject. Because tell me, what's the biggest Egypt? What's the biggest Egypt? The biggest Egypt is between your two temples from here to here. The biggest Egypt is the barrage of thinking. The mental static and noise and distortion of thousands and thousands of thoughts. That when you yourself become unconscious to all that thinking, you're in Egypt. And what is the word Egypt? The word Egypt is Mitzrayim or Mitzar, which means constriction, constricted consciousness. Constricted consciousness means that your, your true consciousness has been constricted such that your thoughts have, have hijacked the actual consciousness. That's Mitzrayim. That's Egypt. And God's the one who took us out of Egypt. God's saying that I'm here to take you out of there. I'm here to take you out of Egypt to be a God to you so that you can be connected and live in reality. A connected life, a powerful life, a life of, of a recognition of the unfolding of infinite into finite from an, from a, from an expanded consciousness that can, that can witness thoughts and see them as nothing more than thoughts, nothing to take too seriously. Now, I think it's quite apropos right now in the coronavirus because there's like a million thoughts you could have and many of them are fear-based, like out-of-control unknown, the pain and suffering or death. You know, there's like just so many thoughts that be, could be coming our way. The thoughts of a fear of failure from like all the men who are out of work, the fear and women, the fear of, uh, of, uh, a rejection. Cause we can't go be social like usual and like get all the serotonin that comes from social status. Like it's all gone. It's all been taken away from us so that God can wear the crown. And that we make God crown, king. Make God king of the universe and not just us. And all our, you know, petty survival techniques that the coronavirus has taken away from us. So, anyway, may we all be blessed to be much bigger for the, all of this. May we all grow and and be connected. And, and uh, yeah, let's, let's uh, bring redemption soon in our days. Amen. Thanks for joining H Live. Thanks for joining on uh, Torrenty Time. Please subscribe and or follow and share and let's uh, get this out there. And uh, always, uh, you're welcome to come to my website, RabbiYomTov.com. And uh, on RabbiYomTov.com, there's also members. And uh, no better time to be a member of uh, of the work I'm doing. Okay. Blessings to everyone. All the best. Shalom.
You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.